Climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, their creativity, and their passion to shape a better world, and how educators all over the world are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's guests are so amazing. They are using the power of service learning to make an impact in their schools and communities. Um, I was first introduced to um, the amazing teacher, um, Bidi Sekasenge, um, when she joined NYLC's Certificate in Service Learning Instructional Leadership Program last summer. Um, BD is a service learning divisional representative for the American International School in Johannesburg, and she has been leading service learning there for five years, and the experiences that her young people have are so impactful, and so I feel so fortunate that um, we've had them, um, several of her young people on the show over the last two episodes, and tonight we have one more for you. Um, it, it's been such an amazing opportunity to get to to know her. Um, but again, the work of these students just, it makes me smile. Um, if you could see me, you would see this giant beam. Um, it's just, I'm so excited um, to dig in and to have you have you meet these amazing young leaders. So tonight I'm joined um, by Jane Park, Emmanuel Kalemba, Elo- Eloise Michelle, Kamala Engz, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eloise. I I, I totally made um, um screwed this one up. But Eloise, Michelle, Kamala, and Zike, and Shanze Hader. So um, all of you, please. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for staying up late. Again, the time zone difference is just oh. Um, I will say that Shanze and I um already have met. Um, If you are a fan of the show, um, she was with us um, earlier um, in an earlier episode. Um, And um, we, she and I first met at our 2021 National Service Learning Conference, which of course was virtual, but that's where she um, presented and shared how she's tackling gender-based violence in concert with a UN campaign, 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence. Um, and how her experience as a hockey player inspired her commitment um, in this effort. So we're going to get to learn more um, from Shanze and the project that she's working on. Um, But we're also going to meet the team from Give Them Hope um, project. And that's Eloise Michelle, Emmanuel, and Jane, and hear all of the great things that they have been working on. Um, So let's just jump in and meet our guests. Um, I'm sure they're excited and I hope a little caffeinated. Um, I did check. They don't have any tests tomorrow, so we're good there. Um, So let's dive in and hear more about each of you, your interests and passions. Um, Shanze, um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? 
Yes, of course. Hello. Um, my name is Sean Zay, and I'm a 10th grader at the American International School of Johannesburg. Um, I'm passionate about service learning and creating a better and more equal world for everyone. Um, I engage in service in my local and global community through standing up against gender-based violence. On the side of this passion, I play ice hockey alongside the senior women's national ice hockey team of South Africa. Um, I love to write poetry and I've actually picked up playing rugby while being in South Africa. So that's quite cool. And I take a great interest in my academics. That's so amazing. And I know you and I've talked about the hockey before. It's really exciting <laughs> from being from the state of um, Minnesota, um, the state of hockey. Um, but it's fun to hear all of your passions and interests. Um, Eloise Michelle, can can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Hi, yes, of course. First of all, thank you very much for having us on your show. Um, my name is Eloise Michelle Kambanziki. Michelle works just fine. And I'm 15 years old. I'm a junior at the American International School of Johannesburg. And I was born in Belgium, but quickly moved to the Gambia at the age of three. Um, then I lived there for about eight years before moving to here, South Africa. And I traveled to more than eight countries, among which the US for a short trip and Cameroon, where my grandparents grandparents are originally from. Um, and living communities that differed in various ways from my own, I've been able to definitely learn how to adapt quickly and to, and the balance between staying connected with my own culture while integrating myself into another. In my free time, I enjoy spending quality time with friends and family, doing activities such as playing on sports teams and at my school, like basketball, volleyball, and football, um, debating or enabling debate in MUN, singing, modeling for my sister, or simply <laughs> learning a new recipe to bake. Um, but being as involved as I can is, is important to me, as it means I'm taking advantage of the opportunities that I have. And I really just find that um, to be a really important aspect of how it is that I grow as a person. And I have the role of mediator in the Give Them Hope project. So I take care of a lot of the communication between us and the orphanage that we work with. That's amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I'm excited to learn more about the mediator role that you're playing. Um, Emmanuel, can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Yes. Hello, I'm Emmanuel and I am 16 years old. I am also an 11th grader at AISJ. Uh, so I'm Congolese through my father and South African through my mother, but I have lived in South Africa all of my life. I have a lot of hobbies, but I am very passionate about performance arts. Mm -hmm. So for example, I really enjoy singing. Uh, I'm currently in a student-led acapella group at our school. I also play an instrument being the alto saxophone. I like acting. Uh, more specifically within musical theater. And I enjoy dancing just as a fun little hobby. Um, and then in our service project, I have the role of being the logistician in our group. I am excited to talk more about our project and share it with others. So thank you for having us on this platform. Absolutely. So logistician, is that what you said? 
Yes, largest issue. I'm excited to learn what that is. And you and I, so Emmanuel, I also played the alto saxophone. So we have that in common. Mm. <laughs> I I am not a dancer or a singer. You definitely don't want that, but I love music. So that's yes. great. Jane, how about you? Can you share a little bit about yourself with us? Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Jane. I'm 17 years old, and I'm also a junior at the American International School of Johannesburg. Uh, I'm from South Korea, but I've moved around a lot in my life. So I've lived in many different places like New York, The Hague, and Pretoria. Um, these experiences helped me see and understand so many other cultures and further broaden my view of the world. Um, I have a few hobbies, and in my free time, I'm usually working on my art pieces. Um, I'm currently working on like a fashion design piece about my own interpretation on traditional Korean clothing. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I usually practice Taekwondo, play the drums, or hang out with my friends and family. Um, for this service project, I'm in charge of advertising. Advertising, fun. Um, it sounds like we have the creative the creative juices are flowing through you, Jane, with the, with the fashion and, and then the advertising piece and all of that fun stuff. So that's awesome. So I really would love to learn more about Give Them Hope. So Michelle, can you share with us what the idea is behind this project? Kind of what it is? How does it work? Uh, yes, of course. I'd love to. So last summer, June 2021, I found out about the Give Them Hope Foundation through my brother and a friend and their mission inspired me to want to help out in any way that I could. Um, I thought that the cast project at our school was a perfect way to do that. <clears throat> it's pretty much when we work with um, at least two of the people um, in the high school, especially for um, IB diploma students. So I asked my friends, Jane and Emmanuel, to help me. The Give Them Hope project was created in December of 2021 in hopes of building a mutual relationship with the foundation. And the Give Them Hope Foundation is a nonprofit organization aimed at helping and protecting the rights and interests of vulnerable orphans, especially those who have been affected or infected by HIV AIDS by providing them with basic needs. So our aim as the Give Them Hope Project is to support them in their mission. Through sponsorship from a young alumni design brand, Esteli, we have been provided with customized three-layered face masks to help us raise money to use towards the foundation. We also have fundraising and donation drives to help us meet our goals. And through this service project, we are aiming to address SDGs 3 and 10, 3 being good health and well-being, and 10, reduce inequality whilst also making meaningful connections with the children and staff, as we understand that we're not just given, giving in this relationship, but also receiving important experience and knowledge from working with such a welcoming community. Um, so we've already conducted an interview with the founder of the orphanage to find an authentic need, or in other words, find out in a more specific way what they need to achieve their mission of supporting these children. The needs were prioritized into short and long-term needs. Um, and some of the examples of the short-term needs are the day-to-day -day basic foods like maize meal and eggs, which are staple foods in South Africa. 
uh, some stimulating items like toys were donated and cleaning of the place. So long-term needs was beds, cupboards, a freezer, diapers, and sanitary pads. Um, also educational materials, laptops, and a printer. It's definitely important um, to realize that the effects of the pandemic cannot be underestimated, especially on the already disadvantaged and marginalized. Um, and so especially education-wise, with 43 children at their orphanage, there was definitely a huge impact on um, their education. And so that's also a really big part of what we're trying to support them in changing. And we hope to provide as many of these needs as possible to those children. And it's also important to mention that the orphanage relies on donations in order to operate their foundation, which is why our involvement is so significant. That's amazing. Um, thank you for setting the stage. You did an amazing job, um, Michelle, of kind of sharing what, what the vision is and what the needs are um, for, for this partner that you're working with, um, the orphanage, and, and being able to really support them. We do have to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation and hear from the rest of our guests from the American International School in Johannesburg. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. So if you're just tuning in today, I'm here with students from the American International School in Johannesburg. And again, I just want to thank them all for staying up late and um, being on the show with us. Um, before break, um, Michelle was really telling us about Give Them Hope Foundation and um, how the work that they've been doing and the needs that that they have. And so Emmanuel, um, I'd love to learn how um, Michelle got you involved in this project and what made you want to take action on this issue? 
Yes. Um, so Michelle had invited Jane and me a few months ago to go see the Give Them Hope Orphanage. And like she said, we donated a few items to the foundation on that day, like food and a few toys. And before we went to the orphanage, we were discussing what a possible service project could be, as it was a school requirement to do some sort of service. Um, however, after going there and getting a deeper understanding of what the orphanage was, what was formed, what its mission and purpose was, as well as also just seeing the children there and how excited they were when we brought our donations, ignited the passion and drive in me to try and help this community in whatever way possible. And so after our trip to the orphanage, uh, we started making a formal plan on how we could help this community. And so we started the investigation phase. So we did this by finding out how many kids at the orphanage uh, were accommodated and catered for, what the general age range of the kids were, and what the authentic needs were within the community. Personally, for me, and I'm sure for, for my partners too, I wanted to take action on this issue simply because I didn't think it was fair that these kids or their parents were shunned for having AIDS or HIV by their community. And I also felt a great deal of compassion for them because the way I grew up and the way these kids are growing up is completely different. Mm -hmm. And it is evident that they face certain inequalities. And this is just building upon the fact that South Africa is among some of the most unequal nations in the world. And so one of our sustainable developmental goals, like Michelle said, um, we are trying to combat locally is SDG 10, which is reduced inequalities. And so providing these kids with materials and items intended to help them we hope we will add a sense of ease and comfort to their lives. And this is one reason I wanted to take on this issue and project. And so once we realized that this was what we wanted to do as a service project, I think another motivator that motivated us into wanting to take action on this issue is just the fact that the orphanage is, so, is not far from where we live at all. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for us to just carpool on a weekend and in less than 20 minutes, we're at the orphanage. And I think this is where the aspect of acting locally comes into play. And so just the fact that the orphanage is so close to us makes it a lot easier for us to get involved with that community. And then also in a sense, it's almost as if they're also a part of our community because we don't live far from each other. Yeah. yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. And you're, and you're absolutely right. Right. When we look, um, um, I mean, they are part of your community. They're 20 minute drive away and being able to make such an impact um, for those for those kids there that's um, that's amazing and just yeah it just I can only imagine when um, what your guys's first visit must have been like and so Jane I'd love to to learn like what you saw or what you've learned that that has really led you to wanting to to really engage and be part of this project. Uh, yeah, so when I first joined the project, it was actually on like really short notice. I remember Michelle texted me one day and she was like, hey, <laughs> do you want to like visit this organization to like donate supplies with me? And I was like, okay, sure. Um, but like once I arrived, I saw like all the children and the living conditions they had. There were, I think, around like 40 children residing in the organization with only like three or four small rooms. And the rooms all had like bunk, bunk beds and like a wardrobe they were in like really, they weren't in very good condition. Um, but regardless of that, there were like children, they were like having fun, they were playing, they were talking amongst themselves. And there was this like small like jungle gym structure in like the middle of the orphanage. And they were just like kind of playing on that. 
I remember this like one girl who was like hugging this doll that we like donated and there were some other kids that like came in and out of the office pretending to like be driving (laughs) um yeah so like once I saw this it just like really made me like want to help these children grow and provide them the support and resources they needed to do so um yeah so after further investigation and conversations I also um that this is a nonprofit organization aimed at helping and protecting the rights of vulnerable orphans and um, how they became orphans because they were shunned by their communities because of um, either they or their relatives have been infected by HIV AIDS. Um, And like many other places in the world, education on HIV AIDS is very scarce in a lot of the local communities of South Africa. And um, due to this, there are like so many misconceptions and stigmas about HIV AIDS and a lot of like misconceptions on how it's like transmitted. And the fact that these stigmas can be like removed through education on the subject and like, I don't know, to see all these children being so negatively affected, um, like this is what really motivated me to like want to join this project. Um, I felt that this project would really it would like really make a difference to these children's lives and directly impact the local community. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, as you were describing the orphanage, like I could just picture it and, um, yeah, it would be hard to walk into that space and not want to do something when you know you can. Right. So I could, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, um, yeah, you guys are doing such, such important work. Speaking of, so Shanze, um, you have been um, taking action on gender-based violence. And I'm wondering if you can share um, a little bit about why this was the issue that you wanted to, to act on. And really like, this is a difficult topic um, for even the bravest of heart. So like, what, like what, was it that sparked for you to tackle this issue? Yeah, of course. So that's actually a question I get a lot. Um, considering the topic, it is quite deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first ice hockey team was an only boys team, or at least that's what we called it, even though I was like the only girl there. Um, and I had just started hockey. So I was obviously the worst player there. And I would like skate at the like behind everyone else and the puck would be on the complete other side of the rink and I was just standing there and I guess like as I became more immersed into that ice hockey culture that I was um, trying to be part of I began to realize how some of the boys would regard the female hockey players as if they didn't belong on the rink Um, they would treat them with disrespect and some actions which just shocked me and I think that's where I finally saw like the reality of gender-based violence but at the same time I was so young so I didn't really notice um the real impact and reality of it and obviously when I was younger in social studies and in like pretty much any subject that I had to like give a response based on my own thoughts I was always very silent 
I guess like I just didn't know how to offer my voice without being afraid of suppression and being shut out. And all of that was true until I came to South Africa and I was working on this human rights project where we investigated a human rights violation. And I chose gender-based violence, even though I felt I literally knew nothing about it. Um, and that's kind of where I made the connection between, oh, this is something that um, I have seen firsthandedly. And like I said, last time I got to be on this radio show, we find passion where we least expect it. Mm -hmm. So my eighth grade experience really brought up something inside of me, which I had no idea was there. And I probably never would have thought it was there. So after researching the topic and doing my project, I did find my passion for service and for fighting against gender-based violence. I just, I love, I love your story. Cause yeah, sometimes our passions aren't evident to us and then something happens or there's this spark, this connection. And you're just like, okay, this is like, I need to take this on. So thank you for sharing that story. I'm curious, Shanze, how, how have you engaged other students, community partners in helping you um, tackle this issue? Kind of what, what impact have you seen um, with, with working with your community and your, your fellow students? Um, yeah, of course. So I've engaged students and the community in helping address gender-based violence in many different ways. So to start, my school-wide initiatives have created engagement and awareness in everyone at my school. Um, even just by like a glance at one of the posters I hung up, um, people are already starting to engage with my project and seeing what I'm trying to do as a student at the same school as them. Um, and during the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence, I've done it for two years now where I create discussion questions, which are used in conversations about gender-based violence in all of the high school advisories at our school. And I think that really created an impact on people because it got people thinking about gender-based violence, what is gender-based violence, um, and really like the reality of it, especially living in a country where the rates are so incredibly high. I will be selling orange ribbons which if you didn't know, the color orange represents a world free of violence. And those funds I create are gonna create small um, baskets for the local community of Deep Sloot. And they'll contain essential items which will go to women and children who are vulnerable to or survivors of gender-based violence in Deep Sloot. So in the next two weeks, I guess we'll see where that goes, but I'm hoping to move forward and engaging everyone at my school. That's wonderful. So we had a little bit of an audio glitch there, but um, orange is the color for gender-based violence, right? I just want to reinforce that. That's what we heard, right? And that you're making the ribbons. Um, so um, that's amazing. The the work and how you're engaging um, so many so many people in taking actions on this. Um, we're going to take one more break. Um, and then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with today's guests. So stay with me on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today I'm here with students from the American School in Johannesburg, and we're talking about how they're using service learning to address issues um, facing their community. And I'm going to come back to Michelle. Um, so Michelle is the mediator for the Give Them Hope Foundation. And I want to hear how you've been using your communication skills um, to connect with the orphanage um, that's your really your community partner in this project. Uh, yeah, so the ability to convey or share ideas and feelings effectively is one of the, if not the most important part of a service project. Um, this project has allowed me to work on this skill, in particular with adults. Um, I found that being an attentive listener makes way for clearly expressing my own ideas and thoughts. And it's important to set this dynamic up from the start to establish good communication. And this is really kind of what my main goal for the specific skill was in our um, service learning project. Um, so my communication skills helped me open up the conversation with the foundation to allow us to find sustainable solutions to the challenges they were facing. I definitely had to be open and friendly as I wanted the children and teenagers, among which um, there are other grade 11 students like us and the staff to be comfortable with me. So during our past visits, taking the time to say hello or ask questions for us um, to get to know each other has been super helpful in developing our relationship. Um, establishing a basic friendship I find is crucial in service especially in one where we are so directly involved. And additionally, I was definitely able to use my communication skills during the interview we conducted as I needed to ask the right questions in order to get the information we needed. With, with this, as mentioned before, we were able to deduct their authentic need. And this is a vital part of the service learning process because it's so easy to make assumptions about what others need based off of our own bias. 
but by taking the time to let them communicate what it is they needed, this created the foundation for an impactful, efficient project. I just want to capture everything you just said and reach out and give you a giant hug because yes, <laughs> like um, working alongside your partner, hearing and listening and communicating, like just quality, quality practice. And um, you just eloquently um, shared with our listeners what that looks like. So thank you so much. Obviously an amazing <laughs> communicator. <laughs> Um, Emmanuel, I'd love to come back to you and talk more about the impact your project has had on this community. Um, can you share a little bit more about that with us? Okay, so <clears throat> firstly, um, as it is stated in the name of our project, which is the Give Them Hope project, an impact we have on the community we are working with is just simply giving the kids their hope. And I think the staff there too are given hope and we ourselves are given hope through this project. And I think that that in itself is important. Letting the kids at the orphanage know that there are people outside of the foundation like Jane, Michelle and me that care about them and want them to succeed in life gives them hope. And I think it's important for them to have hope because our aim is to reduce feelings of helplessness and increase their quality of life because we believe that when someone has a hopeful attitude towards life, they can be more adaptable and generally happy. And this is important for the kids there and the situation they're in now. But obviously, it has to be reminded that hope has no assumptions about the fact that things will turn out all right, but it is rather a trust that these kids can act to make things better in their own lives. And so as our project is still quite new, we definitely hope that we can continue to have a positive impact on the kids, the foundation and the community as we continue to implement our project. But as I mentioned earlier, this project is giving us hope as well and it's impacting us in a good way too. And so it shows that reciprocal relationship. And so having this relationship where both parties mutually benefit from this project, which, on, which in our case is both parties receiving hope, I think shows what true service can be about. Absolutely. Yeah, we always um, in in the service learning, there's you you get just as much as you give and sometimes even more. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so Jean, I want to come back to you. So you get to work on advertising. And so that takes, you know, you need to know your audience, you know, there's a lot that goes into into that. Um, so what invest investigation did you guys do to prepare for this project like and what did you learn um was the need yeah so when we first visited the orphanage we had like a conversation with like the organizer and about like what their needs are what their immediate needs are and what yeah so she answered that Food supplies like maize meals and eggs would be nice to have as like an immediate need, but they also need new wardrobes, beds, and bedding. And this could be easily observed as a lot of the wardrobes and beds that were either donated or bought um, were in very bad condition with some of the wardrobe doors, like hinges being broken and a lot of like the paint was peeling. Um, but they also said they needed more technological devices like laptops or printers to provide the children with better quality education. 
And yeah, when we visited, I noticed that they really only have like a chalkboard to teach with. And I think providing them with teaching supplies, children's books, as well as the technological devices would be beneficial to their learning. Um, yeah, as well as this like cleaning of the center would also be needed as like a lot of the rooms are very insanitary and there's like a lot of bags of old donated clothes and like toys seen just kind of lying around the shelter and um, I think sorting these out like into useful and non-usable toys and clothes would um, help them a lot then clean up the place and provide them the more sanitary and clean living environment that is needed. That's and that's that was quite the investigation you guys did. That's wonderful. Um, it sounds like you really understood um, what what was needed and and really listened and heard. Um, Michelle, I'd like to hear more about then how you guys prepared um, to tackle this project. Kind of what were the steps that you took um, to make this actually happen? Yeah, of course. So once the idea was adopted by my friends and I, we contacted Ms. Beatty, our service coordinator, and we explained it to her. She immediately adopted it and we made an appointment with the founder, founder of the orphanage for a visit. As we didn't want to go empty-handed, we um, used social media to make, um, well, to ask for donations with the help of our parents, siblings, and friends. And with these generous donations, we paid our first visit to the orphanage accompanied by Miss Beatty and Carl cars full of food food items, toys, diapers, beds, bed sheets, mattresses, and um, more from their li um, list of needs, well, the general one. So upon our visit, and this is the first visit that we've mentioned, we helped them to take out and pack the donations. Then we took a tour to visualize the ways in which we could be of more help, as Jane had just mentioned. And since then, we've visited the orphanage a couple of times. Um, in fact, in about two weeks, we plan on visiting the orphanage again, simply to help them clean up and spend some time with the 43 kids to develop our relationship with them and help them with the quote unquote little things, mm -hmm. um, like just moving things around. And so these visits also help us to refine our plan of action um, in order to really implement our plan in the most effective way. So that's um, how we are getting ready to kick off. So how we're getting ready to kick off um, this implementation is with some fundraising with face masks um, by having a stand at school during our family fun day event on April 9th. And in addition to this fundraising and future ones, we are contacting our community and friends for monetary donations on the account assigned to us by our school, AISJ. So we are also asking and welcoming other donations like used or non-used household items, clothes, shoes, school bags, phones, laptops, um, which will come more towards the end of May, beginning of um, June 2022, marking the end of our school year. And we decided to um, get the donations around the end of the school year because especially in international schools, a lot of people are moving around. Um, and so we just found that it'd be the most efficient way to do that since 
people already packing their stuff, moving things around, um, then it'd be easier for them to be able to donate. Wonderful timeline. You guys are like on it and really thought through. That's wonderful. Um, Shanze, I want to come back to you um, on your project on gender-based violence and talk about like what you learned about yourself and and your community through your service learning project. Um, What did that really feel like to take action on this issue? So while it sounds a little bit cliche, taking action and learning about my local community in South Africa has really changed me. Um, And I mean that in the most genuine way possible, because something that I always find so interesting is from the generalized global perspectives and assumptions that we make. Um, For instance, we all assume that everyone is so different based on the country that they live in, the culture that they're emerged in, um, things like socioeconomic status. Um, We would assume that a 10th grader in America must be so different from a 10th grader in South Africa. But that's where I think that we're really wrong. Um, I honestly thought it would be hard to make connections in South Africa, and I thought I wouldn't be able to make them at all. But the second I stepped into the local community of Deep Sleuths Africa Tikkun School, I made connections almost immediately. They made me feel welcomed, though I was the kind of person those students do not see every day. And um, if I'm like, you know, being very frank, they were all like very well aware of like high schooler communication and slang. So it really felt like I was talking to my friends. And that's a major takeaway that I've gotten from service, um, especially from this service project. While we're all so different, we're all so similar at the same time. And we're able to make connections even if we're doubting it. And as for the taking action part, I honestly felt that felt the best. Standing up against something that has upset me for so many years felt so impactful and empowering. Um, I think a part of me found myself within it all, and I learned my strengths and weaknesses as a person. So I guess you could just say that taking action unraveled the power that I never really knew I had. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that idea that, yeah, when we take action, we actually... Yeah, we find that power within ourselves. Um, that's that's beautiful. Um, we do have to take one last short break. Um, and then when we come back, we're going to get some final reflections from our guests today. So stay with me, Amy Muirs, on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media. So we're at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, 
tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. So we just have a few minutes left with our guests today, and I really want to get some final reflections from from each of them. Um, They have such amazing um, experiences um, to share um, and insights for sure. So Michelle, I'm going to start with you. And so um, we have teachers, educators listening to the show, and I'm wondering what from your experience do you want those teachers, those educators working with young people all over the world? What do you want them to know after listening to you, to your interview and know about your experience? Um, I just like to start off with saying that I love this question. <laughs> um, and so I hope that teachers listening are inspired to simply get involved and get their students involved. And whatever that looks like, to whatever extent, it's crucial to help out the communities around us. Because not only are we helping them, but we also grow as people and find ways to solve some of the problems that show up all around the world. This is super beneficial for kids to learn as it creates a more empathetic, it creates more empathetic, caring adults in the future. And when being briefed on what it is that we needed for our CAS project, um, what, what our CAS project needed to look like, um, the big punchline was think global, act local. And going through this process of doing this has helped me realize how simple but effective helping others can be. And although it's great, it doesn't need to be a strictly original idea that you develop over a long time. Instead, finding an impactful organization and working with them to better they work the work they already do is more than enough to be involved. And the point of it is to see the importance of contributing to your community and communities close to you. My hope is for more teachers to give children the liberty to be change makers along with supporting their ideas and giving them the right platforms to share them on. No idea is too little. Service learning creates more caring people and the role of teachers in creating these types of kids is vital. It was because our supervisor, who is also our teacher, Ms. Beattie, was so supportive and excited to be a part of our idea that we felt we could go all the way. We felt supported, therefore we felt secure in sharing our ideas. So my hope for any teacher listening is that you may be that next supporter for your students. That's beautiful. Okay, everybody listening, (laughs) you've got your marching orders. Let's do this. (laughs) Um, Emmanuel, what do you want people to remember about the Give Them Hope project? What should they remember about this? 
I want people to remember our project as a project that gave hope to a community that needed hope. Um, as a foundation or orphanage is near our place, I also want people to realize that service first starts in your community and then it will have an impact on the world. And like Michelle just said, think globally, but act locally. And through our service, uh, we thought globally by thinking about what sustainable developmental goals we were going to address and then acted locally by working with an orphanage in our community. And so I'd like our project to be remembered as one that, uh, that worked on a small scale, but impacted the people we worked with on a larger scale. And I'd also like to point out that I myself already feel impacted by the work we've been doing and connecting these two ideas of hope and having an impact on a larger scale, I think really go hand in hand because hope can be passed on to others, which will ultimately leave a big, long and lasting impression on the community we, we have worked with. And I hope that it is evident to see that our passion for this project is to give hope to others. And finally, I'd also like our project to be known for its ambition because as we've said earlier on, some of our goals is to donate newer cupboards, bed frames, and technological equipment to the orphanage. And to some people, it might sound crazy for a bunch of 11th graders to achieve this, but we understand that we have a lot of resources around us to help us achieve these goals, even though it might be challenging. That's wonderful. And if you're in the Johannesburg area, I think you heard all of the dates and deadlines for donations. So <laughs> um, contribute to the Give Them Hope project. Thank you, Emmanuel, for sharing that. Um, Jane, um, so I love asking this question because I think it's so important to take the passion that, that each of you has that as you're sharing your stories um, and really focus it on, um, different, different populations of people. So for me, I'm, I want to ask like, what would you say to all those young people listening who want to take on an issue they care about? What advice or what would you say to inspire them to, to take action? Yeah. So I think that when you take action on an issue you're passionate about and you make a difference to even just a few people, it's so rewarding and it makes you so happy to know that you made a difference in this world. And it's important that uh, it's important to remember that no action is too small and that you don't always have to make a big impact that affects like everyone right away. Just starting locally, starting with your community and directly helping the people you care about. Um, you care about is like more important and it's enough to like get you started. And then after you've like impacted all these people, you can start branching out and start to make a larger impact. And it's our job to shape the future we want. And I believe that taking action on important issues one by one starting now will eventually lead us to a better place. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jane. Um, yeah, um, leading us each to a better place is, is exactly um, why we do service learning. Um, so Shansay, I'm gonna come back um, to you and, um, and think about that personal experience like tackling this issue has had on you. Um, can you share that impact and, and really what it means to you? Yeah, so um, I think similar to what I said before about finding myself in service learning and 
this passion I have for something that I never really understood before. Um, I've also kind of found um, some sort of peace with the world. And while I'm so like still so, so upset about the issues this world has and with the existence of gender-based violence in the first place, I put myself at peace knowing that I'm doing everything in my power to create change. And if I can make that change permanently for just one girl in South Africa, one community in South Africa, anything at all, I will feel happy to know that I contributed to this cause. So I think I've become a more mindful and aware person. And I think the experience that I have um, had with this project just created a better person in me and someone who can understand that I'm doing everything I can. So all in all, I just want to continue creating this change and hopefully one day make a more expanded impact. That's awesome. And the work you're doing is incredible. Um, each of you um, are doing such incredible work. And I just want to thank you for being on the show, for staying up late. Um, you have inspired me and I am sure everyone listening is just as inspired um, so thank you for sharing your passion, your energy. Um, you guys are tackling really challenging issues um, with grace and with heart. And so just thank you um, for everything you're doing. Again, Beatty, thank you for all the great work you and all the educators at the American International School are doing to support these amazing students. Um, you can just feel not only their, their heart and their passion, but their, their learning and leadership. They, they're just demonstrating demonstrating and walking, um, walking in that space. So um, they are powerful and amazing young leaders. Um, I do want to put in um, a little plug for the National Service Learning Conference. Um, registration is open. Rates go up on March 14th. So um, check out nylc.org and you can be inspired by these young leaders and so many more. Um, next Thursday, we have another great show for you. Um, I'm going to be joined by a team representing the Lunenburg Skate Park Project. So this is a group of young people who are using their passion for skateboarding to make an impact on their community. Totally different project. Going to be awesome. I can't wait to talk to these young people. So mark your calendars for Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern. And of course, until the next time we meet, I hope you'll join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.